Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. This is your host of today's episode, Scott Schimmel. Uh, they call me the president and chief guide of the U-School, and today we have a special guest, a friend of ours, friend of U-School for the past few years, Greg Camarillo, and the theme of the month, uh, before I introduce Greg or allow him to introduce himself, the theme of the content that we're looking at this month is this idea of picking a fight with your life, and U-School really, in hindsight, works best for people when they're in a season of transition, when something is ending and they need to start something else with their life. And one of the themes, one of the principles that we've found to help people organize how they make decisions, where they live, what they do, who they do it with, uh, is this idea of picking a fight or picking a mission with their life. And so that's going to be the, the context and the theme for the conversation that you're going to listen to between Greg and I today. But um, Greg, if I'm sure we have a ton of Dolphins fans out there, so they don't need an introduction, but if you wouldn't mind... Uh, both to kind of give us your resume sort of thing, but, but more importantly, um, tell us about you and your family and, and how you got to where you are today professionally. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, it has uh, been quite a journey, so I'll try to give you the short version. I am currently um, a father. I have three daughters and a husband. I've got a wife, uh, so a family of five, and I'm a professional. It's a lot of women. I am totally outnumbered. Luckily, I have a male dog, so him and I uh, <laughs> bond a little bit. Um, on the professional side, I am um, the coordinator of student athlete development, which uh, is a fancy title I gave myself, and is basically <laughs> academic counselor and uh, working with student athletes on career counseling uh, as well. And I teach uh, a class for our student athletes, um, which doesn't do things as well as you school, but the same, same general idea. And sure. um, it's about developing athletes. That's kind of my career. Uh, another thing I do is... Where are you working? I work at the University of San Diego. Sorry. It's my uh, And then my, my side gig. Sorry. Terrera, shout out there. Chief Guy Terrera. <laughs> uh, my side gig is a, a studio analyst for Football Night in San Diego, in, uh, which comes on after Sunday Night Football. And that's my way of Staying connected with my previous life, which was a professional football player. I spent eight years in the NFL as a wide receiver. Um, was able to do that after a career as a student athlete at Stanford University, where I studied engineering and played football. Um, and I grew up in the Stanford area. Um, I'm kind of going mm. backwards in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Difficult story. But um, I was very fortunate to be given opportunities, one, to go to Stanford, two, to walk on as a receiver there. And then after college was given a chance to try out with the San Diego Chargers uh, and was always able to capitalize on these opportunities in the same with USD. I was given a chance to intern in the athletic department and it um, kind of capitalized on that opportunity and turned it into the career I'm at today. Mm, that's There's a theme there, a Rudy, Rudy-esque theme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give the guy a shot. Well, it's, it's interesting. If, if we didn't hear anything about football – and, and what we heard was engineering at Stanford. That, that would paint a pretty interesting picture of a super smart dude right there. So it, it's, it's probably the, 
the opposite of a stereotype of a football player. When no you kidding. Would, yeah, tell us about, it. tell me about the engineering thing. Um, well, I've, I've always had an interest in math and science, and I've always had an interest in um, like handiwork, working with my hands, building things, constructing things. And so I just kind of followed my interests and my, and hmm. my path uh, became engineering. It was mechanical engineering. Um, and I, I liked it. You know, there were very few classes where I felt like that I was forced to take most of them. Uh, I found interesting. I found hmm. that they were building on my skills, things that I liked learning. Um, and I knew it was a more difficult path, but when you're following things that you find interesting and that you like doing, you don't mind the extra mm -hmm. work. Uh, mm -hmm. also as a walk on football player, I never thought the NFL was a chance. It wasn't even a mm. goal of mine. It, yeah. you know, it was just like, let me enjoy playing college football and then work on engineering so that way I can have a career that I like, a career that's hmm. uh, interesting, a career that pays well. And uh, yeah. it all just kind of worked out. Did you have from your family, was there like an expectation of success in business, uh, engineering? obviously there's an expectation of success um, that comes along with school. I come from a family of educators. My okay. mom uh, was a middle school counselor. My dad just retired as after 41 years of being professor, a professor at Stanford. Oh, wow. uh, my brother was a teacher is now a principal. My sister is a teacher. Hmm. Um, and so it was success was never defined as how well does your job pay or how many hours do you work in your job? Success was defined as uh, putting all of your energy into doing your best. And throughout mm -hmm. my childhood, that was school. You know, did, mm -hmm. did you do your personal best at school? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of what defined success. And along with that comes hard work. Because if you're, if you're not working yeah. hard, you're not achieving your personal best. So um, engineering was my own route. No one in my family had done anything like that. Yeah. that that's what I liked. So that's what I went with. What a, was there a moment that you can remember where you decided to pursue professional football versus engineering? Was there like, was there a game? Was there a recruiter? Like, how did that happen? Uh, there were a, a, a couple moments that would lead me there. Um, I had, on the negative side, I had two engineering internships. Um, my junior summer going into my junior year and in my senior year, and I really did not like them. It, it was oh, not. It was, yeah. yeah I mean, you learn a lot from an internship. Yeah, you can learn totally. that it's, that's the way you want to go. Or for me, I learned it's the way I don't want to go. Yeah. It was also low level. It was, you know, like the grunt work of engineering. Yeah. So I, I would sit in a cubicle all day. I would look at like blueprints. I would look at drawings. Hmm. Um, and it taught me a lot, but I like people. I like interacting with people. I like talking yeah. to people. And it didn't give me that at all. Uh, <laughs> but I could have found engineering where I did interact with people. So furthering, furthering the story, uh, we had a bad three final seasons um, <laughs> closing out my senior year. So, so much to the point where, let's see, we won, we won 10 games throughout those three years. So a good football team in college wins 10 games. In well, what, say that again? 10 games in three years. 10 games in three so this years. Is, so, this is way before Harbaugh, Andrew Luck. Way before Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was still that thirst to compete to keep playing like I didn't feel like like it was over mm. um and I had some very good teammates who were going to pursue the NFL 
And so I thought to myself, you know, if, if there's a very slim chance of it happening, um, but this is the only chance in my life to give it a try. If I don't try it now, you not, I'm not going to go work as an engineer for two years and then come back and give it yeah, a try. Right. Um, why try not give it a try? I actually, I actually tried out for the arena football league okay. uh, before I graduated, was offered a chance to go play with them, huh. uh, but I hadn't finished my degree. And uh, what, well, minimum pay, I think, was 26 grand, which sounded like a fortune at the time. Yeah. So college, yeah. I'm going to make 26 grand. I'm going to be totally. the richest guy in the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I couldn't not finish school and then go play arena football and make 26 mm-hmm. grand. That would have been a very bad decision. So I just I gave the NFL a shot. I put all my energy into training with my buddies who were doing it as well. Um, was there a point where you were – not doing like uh, probably what you advise students to do now, which is recruiting or polishing up your resume. Did you kind of put that, the engineering side, the business side on hold? Um, so I was still in school. So, so okay. Okay. Engineering wouldn't have been totally on hold, but gotcha. because I was a walk on. So I, I entered college as, as like a low level walk on. It was not like, you know, we want to give you a scholarship. We don't have enough. We, okay. we walk on for you, <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah. Like, I guess we have an extra Jersey somewhere. <laughs> while we um, so that actually helped my development because I was always thinking football is temporary. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an engineer. I'm going to have a career as an engineer. Your underdog status. Underdog status, you know, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Rudy had, had another plan. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that helped the my middle. development a lot. I was, I was focused on engineering as well as football. So even if, Nothing had happened with my shot as the NFL. I had a resume. I had internships. I had had those experiences that yeah. allowed me to identify as an engineer as well. Yeah, from Stanford. Uh, yeah, and so that 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 helped me out a lot. I didn't put all of my marbles into the NFL, mm-hmm. um, and then it just it just kind of worked out. It was I was given a chance to try out from a former Stanford guy who was a coach. Hmm. Um, and I moved down to San Diego to, to get three days in the NFL. I thought that would be it. And it turned into eight years. Jeez. So from your family, was that just so bizarre for your family to go from we're school teachers, professors, and now we've got a son playing the NFL? Is that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was wild. It was, it was unexpected. Um, I mean, my family was always a huge support when I was okay. in college. My, my family lived a mile away. Um, hmm. And so they were always a huge support. They were always there cheering, having fun. Hmm. Uh, and then it was a, a lot of that was a lot of getting to the NFL was the privilege of having my parents be able to financially support me for a couple months hmm. uh, while I trained instead of getting a job. It, we yeah. had, a lot of students, as soon as they get out of college, they have to go make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my parents said, if you, if you, well, I went back and lived at home for a couple months, you know, yeah. we'll give you a couple bucks while you train to see if we can make it happen. Um, so that was, that was a great privilege that, that allowed me to, to pursue that. Um, and that support allowed me to uh, give it a shot. What, I mean, we could have a whole nother episode on your exploits and stats and NFL. I guess, I guess what I'm most curious about as it relates to you school as you look back, what, what did being and playing in the NFL, how did that shape you? As you, you know, think about who you are today. Yeah. How did the NFL impact you? Great question. Um, well, a, a few different things. It is, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to 
my final semester in college, there, um, there was a company that was doing some sort of research and they wanted to interview college students mm. for money, which was great about, I guess their goals, their, their drive, um, their future. And so it was like a psychological study, but for some reason it was through a design company. So they gave me 50 bucks to sit down and do this interview with them. Hmm. And I remember one specific question. They gave me a sheet of paper and they said, uh, you know, draw me your, I don't know, your, your goals in 10 years, your life in 10 years or where you want to be in the future. Um, and so I said, well, there's two paths. It's, it's, if I play football, um, you know, I want to end up with a house, uh, that's on top of a hill with <laughs> a garage. I never had a garage as a kid. I always thought they were the greatest thing in the world. Like, with a garage. Uh, and then I was like, if football doesn't work out and I drew both paths, I was like, I want to mm. have a job where, um, I feel like I'm impacting people where I'm, I'm helping people. Um, and so I drew these two paths and I think mm. about that often as I drive up a hill to a house with a garage no way. and, and I have a career where, where I feel like I'm helping people. And that's what football did for me. It, mm. it allowed me to combine both of those paths. Um, and you know, one get earned the money I needed to get the house in life that I wanted and yeah. two give me the freedom to pursue a career that does not pay well, but allows mm -hmm. me to achieve the, the career, the type of career that I was mm -hmm. hoping for. What about, that's so cool. What about um, your character? Like, what did you learn while you're in the NFL? What did, what did you, what, did, what rubbed off on you? Oh man, that's a, a few things. One is, um, details and there's i've got a huge list actually details the important you know in the nfl there's no room for error so if you're going to do something mm. you are going to learn the in and out of every aspect of it and you're analyzed in every aspect of it they literally mm. watch every step you wow. take in practice and wow. it could be your toes pointing slightly sideways here when we need it pointing straight up the field huh. um, so you learn to be exact and intentional about details um, which is a great thing. If you're going to do something, do it all the way right. Uh, and then the other side of that is you got to learn to be criticized on those details. And, and that's uh, something that I miss actually from football is, mm. is I had a coach and it, it gave me, it gave me anxiety. Don't get me wrong. That analyzed everything you did. And so, you know, you get feedback every day, you go to practice and then you go to a meeting and watch practice and get that feedback. And you can't have thin skin. You can't take it personally. Mm. Um, and I miss that, you know, in my everyday job and my everyday life now, I don't get that same type of honesty where it's, <laughs> Greg, you yeah. can do better at this, you know, I mean, and, and people would probably come off a, a little rude if they did that, but, right. um, you know, I, I develop thick skin. I like it when people tell me when I did something wrong, so that huh. way I can improve on it and do better yeah. next time. That's, um... I would never have thought that. That's really cool. That makes total sense, though. I mean, yeah, no one, no one's following you around work or watching your class and saying, "No, gosh, that story you told." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could do a little better this way. Yeah, and it, and it helps you improve. And and in sports, totally. that's the only way you're going to get better is if you've got a coach that's telling you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Um, but in in the real world, you only get a little bit of that, and it takes longer to improve. Yeah. Uh, because of that. 
I don't know the stats. I'm sure you do. But eight years, the NFL sounds like a lot longer than is normal. It, yeah, the average is three years. Okay. So what? Why did it? Why did it work for you? Did you? Was it lack of injury? Was it? Um, well, yeah, lack of injury is good, but um, opportunity is one thing, and finding the right fit on the right team at the right time. Okay. Um, but a lot of it has to do with trust. Uh, and it comes back to those details. Coaches, I was never, I was never the fastest guy. I always knocked for being slow for a receiver. Okay. Uh, I could catch the ball well, but I was never the biggest guy, never the strongest guy. You know, the, stand, the, the standard Rudy situation. Five foot nothing, hundred and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but coaches always said that if we put Greg on the field, we know what we're going to get from him. I can trust hmm. that what he showed me in practice is what's going to happen on the field. Okay. Um, and that comes back to those details. If, if a coach asks me to do something some, one way, I'm going to do it that way. Uh, hmm. And that earns you a spot, whether that's as a receiver on special teams uh, and then being willing to do whatever they say, not being too good for one role or, hmm. uh, you know, confining myself to one type of player. Uh, just, I mean, I was willing to, to get after it. I ran head first into 300 pound men. And, <laughs> Probably not the greatest thing, but yeah, yeah. It, it kept me a job. <laughs> what was, why did you leave? What was behind that? Um, lack of opportunity, one. I mean, that's the biggest thing. If no one's willing to hire you, then, you know, you're not going to have a job. Yeah. But also it reached a point where um, I was on my fourth team. And if you're not 100% committed, it's a hard thing to do. Hmm. Um, and towards the end of my career, I would, be on a team i was on the new orleans saints and i i went uh with a couple weeks left in the training camp so i missed the vast majority of the work uh so i didn't really feel like a connection to the team and if you're not mm-hmm. you know committed if you don't know the guys you're fighting with and for mm-hmm. it's harder to wake up at 6 a.m go in there and give your absolute physical all mm-hmm. to the team um unless you feel committed to that team unless you feel part of that team yeah um but yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's mostly opportunity, but then also that as well. What was, what did transition look like for you? What did, not necessarily, what did you do, which I am curious about, but yeah. um, was that, was that hard? Was that, were there, did you have to grieve? Was, was, yeah. like, what was that? Um, so I'll, I'll, there's, there's both, there's both parts. There's a positive and negative. So mm-hmm. um, the, it was easier for me than other people because I was an underdog the entire time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the next year of my career. I went yeah. to the Chargers expecting to be in the NFL for, for three days. I had mm-hmm. very first, uh, my very first camera phone taking pictures of my <laughs> temporary locker with like, I don't know, one megapixel or whatever. It was. <laughs> uh, and I was just excited to be there for three days. I made yeah. a practice squad. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I'll be, I'll be on, uh, on in the NFL for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, help me prepare like it could have ended at any time um and then when it did end i was on and off a team every two weeks for three quarters of a season so it was Mm. kind of like when is this really going to end it was basically ending for me yeah um slow death (laughs) it it was a slow death yeah yeah. my 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 career took the path of a traditional bell curve you know i started off slow i built 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 i became a starting receiver and then i slowly started losing playing time it was very Mm. easy to see where the, mm-hmm. the trajectory of my career um 
And then also my final season, my wife was pregnant and we had a kid January 5th uh, when the last time I was on a team was about Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, so I was transitioning to the new role of being a father and that yeah. allowed me to put my energy into that. Uh, mm. it, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed from, from former teammates, from other friends that transitioned out of a sport, the hardest part is when people say, what are you doing now? And you've always had, you've always been a lead at something. Most, most people are either sport. Um, some people are school and their sport. Yeah. And then to suddenly, you know, everyone's praising, Oh my God, what a great season last year. Oh, this is so awesome. You're an NFL player. And then to say, well, what are you doing now? And the answer be nothing. It's hmm. crushing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. Um, fortunately for me, I, you know, I was able to say, well, you know, I just had this kid, so I'm, I'm working on being a dad. Uh -huh. But I also, um, while I was in and off of a team, I was uh, applying to graduate school oh, okay. for that purpose. I, I got uh, admitted to graduate school. So I, one, I had a plan for myself, but two, I could tell people, you know, I'm taking this year off, but in September, I'm going to start a graduate program hmm. uh, because I didn't want to tell people I'm not doing anything. Like, what are you doing yeah. now? Golfing, right. like, I, right. like I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it, it helped me a lot, but then it also gave me a plan, a mm -hmm. loose plan plus time off. But um, I have some teammates, former teammates now that made so much money that they don't need to work, mm. but they still struggle with that question. What are you doing? And I'm, I'm a family guy. I've got all these kids, but people say, well, what else are you doing? And then yeah. it, it, you can just kind of feel that tension of someone who's committed their life to being exceptional at something and then how hard it is to say like i you know i was hanging out have you have you seen some former teammates former friends not transition well yes i've seen a lot of that and and, and the hard part is the not discussing it you know people mm. you know, just kind of brushing under the rug we, uh, athletes are taught uh, to kind of put their personal issues aside for mm -hmm. the benefit of a team, mm -hmm. um, which is fine 24 hours before a game. You know, like if you're having a little issue with your girlfriend, don't bring yeah. it up with right. <laughs> but, yeah. you. Know, but for life? <laughs> but for life, it's horrible for life. Yeah. <laughs> it um, and so, you know, you got these macho football players that don't ever talk about their emotions, don't ever talk about their feelings. I'll fight through it. I'll get over mm -hmm. it. Uh, and with mental health, that doesn't work. That's, mm. that's, it's the worst thing you could do. So it's, you know, you'll hear through the grapevine of, you know, someone was struggling or a guy will admit he was struggling once he's, you know, seeking help or once he's getting over mm. it. Um, and, and it's hard because you've got friends that you're not sure if they're doing well or doing not. And it, it's a hard thing to discuss. Yeah. You know, that's the interesting thing. We've, we've had the privilege of working with uh, a bunch of veterans who are, who are separating from military service, going to civilian life. And yeah. the, the, the comparison to athletes, I think, is pretty high because mm -hmm. one of the commonalities is it always ends. You're, you're going to be done at yeah. some point. Your plane is going to be done. And I still, I still pine away and <laughs> cry sometimes when I think about my Little League career. <laughs> I, was a, I wasn't a professional athlete, but I, but sports matters matters and yeah. matters so much in my life. What do you think? 
what's your opinion? And, and now that you work with athletes on, on sort of the front end of that, college athletes, um, what, what do you think athletes need when, uh, before transition, in transition, and after? Yeah. Um, be- well, I think the key is before, is that prepara- mm. preparation for after that transition. It, it, there's no better way to smooth that transition than to have already been preparing for it before it happens. And that's um, one of the hardest things with the college athletes that I work, work with, particularly spring sports. So, Hmm. Um, for example, softball and baseball, mm-hmm. a senior in softball and baseball, both of those things in school and their sport within two or three weeks. Oh, of each other. Sometimes just, in, yeah, in baseball after. can go further. Yeah. Right. So they go from being the entire life, being a mm-hmm. student or since they were five, a student right. and an athlete. Yep. And within three weeks, they're no longer either of them. Wow. Um, and for people that, put all their effort into school and their sport. Mm-hmm. They haven't been really, you know, they've been so overwhelmed with, with the season, with class finals, mm-hmm. and then bam, at the flip yeah. of the switch, both of those are gone. Wow. Um, so we're talking about their identity. We're talking about their teammates, their belonging. They're talking about the purpose, what gets them up in the, in the morning. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's bigger than just, I mean, it's hard enough to graduate college, but yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that like your comparison with the military, it's a, it's a similar struggle, this structure, you know, you've, for the last 10 years, I've woken up at 6am, I've gone to the gym, I've gone to class, I'm mm. not sure what a military schedule looks like, but I'm yeah. sure it's more regimented. <laughs> right. Um, and then suddenly, you, you, you wake up when, whenever day. you feel like it, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Uh, it's a foreign feeling. Mm. Um, but so back to your question, I think preparation for the transition is key is uh, let's start thinking about this before it happens. And that in no way means I'm not supporting you putting 100% Mm -hmm. effort into whatever you're into. I'm all in. Let's be Mm -hmm. the best you can be at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean let's start thinking about what's next. Right. Uh, Doesn't mean ignore. It doesn't mean reality. Let's support. Yeah. Let's think about it. But you know, I get it. You're busy with this stuff. Let's find ways to figure out what the next step looks like. Uh, and then during transition, it's, it's support, you know, feeling mm-hmm. that, um, one, you have people to go through it with, uh, I had, um, a lot of support from my nuclear family. My wife and I mm-hmm. were focusing on raising a kid together, a lot of support from my outside of my family. It was not really what a lot of football players get where it's, uh, are you still training? Are you going to mm-hmm. get on a team next year? Yeah. People kind of understood that it was over for me. And that was, that was helpful. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have to. No one's holding on. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have to say I'm training, even though I didn't want to be training. Um, so support is clutch in that transition. A, a plan is, is clutch in that transition. So you have something to put your energy in. And that's a th- something I miss about football is waking up at 6am, hmm. giving my absolute physical all to a workout. Like you just I hate, I hated it when I was doing it, but <laughs> that's, that's something you don't get in life. There's nothing in my day-to-day life where when I'm done, I'm absolutely exhausted and know that I have that good feeling that I did my absolute best. Hmm. Um, and I miss that. So having something to yeah. put your energy into, and then I don't, I don't believe that you have to ab- leave everything behind. And that doesn't mean, you know, never give up your sport. Like don't, 
you know, for a baseball player to go play in the lowest level league till he's 42, he's <laughs> dead, he's broken, um, mm-hmm. all that. that. But find whatever aspect of your sport that you like the most. Mm. Find a way to incorporate that into your, into your everyday life or into part of your life. And, yeah. and for me, it is um, being on TV talking about football. So mm. with football, you get this rush of being in a stadium. You get this yeah. high of pressure. It's like I get nervous. I get excited. I want to do my best. I won't do my best, but mm-hmm. I, can, I can learn from it. And then I want to come back and fix it and get better at it. Um, and so I do that. I'm on, on TV every Sunday night. Uh, I get nervous. I get excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> I prep for it. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't do my best. Like I, I try to, but you know, you never, it's never perfect. Uh, and then I come yeah. home and watch it. My, my wife. Do you? You watch the tape? I watch it. Yeah. yeah. So oh my, my gosh. That's so cool. My wife used to work in TV news. So she's okay. studied um, journalism. Wow. She's been a journalist. So we'll so go through it together. Real critic. Yeah, <laughs> just like a coach, she's not afraid to tell me the truth. So she'll say, you know, you, uh, you know, your hands look stiff here. Or oh, it'd be fascinating to film that, yeah, film that conversation. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's the part of my career that I loved that I'm able to get back. You know, I get that, that emotional rush and then I get that chance to try to do better next week. Um, and so I would encourage people to find whatever that is in their life, whatever that was about their sport. And then you can stay kind of connected that way. They get that same feeling. Um, you're not just abandoning part of your life, but you're trying yeah. to reconnect with something. That's cool. We, that reminds me, we, we are partnering with this uh, veteran organization called Team Rubicon. And one of the things that they found to be really effective for veterans is uh, inviting veterans to, in their language, redeploy, but in this case, not with the military, but redeploy with Team Rubicon to go serve people who are in a disaster response oh, situation. Wow. Yeah. So they're tapping into skills that they've had and, um, and ways they know how to work with one another and, yeah. and tackling problems, complex problems. And it's done a lot for these veterans that are, there's, I think, 80,000 volunteers active volunteers now yeah rubicon's crazy wow. so yeah. almost I mean, like there needs to be a team rubicon for athletes <laughs> yeah i uh i totally agree and it's it's i mean you figure a, a soldier is dedicating his life to helping and protecting other people yeah reuse that energy that's for right. the same purpose you, that's right. you know to help and protect other people i think that's awesome rediscover what so one of the last questions this has been such i mean really good conversation what um, as you're working with students today, and um, a lot of older folks listening to this haven't recognized that, that college students today, most people w- wouldn't call them millennials. I think, uh, I think generally people in the, in the media are just saying anyone under like 35 <laughs> is a millennial and they're terrible and they're, and they're self-centered and all that stuff. But there's another generation coming up and the best label I've heard is Gen Z. I've also heard iGen, but what from someone who works with 18 to 23 year olds, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you notice about them? What are you learning about them? What do you feel like they need in this season? Oh, wow. This is good. Um, well, I mean the obvious difference in, in previous generations and the current one is connectivity. The yeah. a, a college freshman has his or her phone all day has everything 
out the world in the world connected to them and a connection with their peers mm-hmm. um and i think that can be a good and a bad thing and i and it and this will lead to what i think student athletes need um going forward mm-hmm. social media kind of drives lives you know it's it's yeah. let me do something and then post about it but then also i'm seeing what my other friends are up to um and that can be awesome when you're a student athlete because you have this huge source of pride going into your sport. You know, this is what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Let me take a picture of my workout. Let me, you know, post this picture of me from shooting a three in my basketball game. <laughs> right. um, on the flip side of that, that can backfire when you're going through a transition and your former teammate is now a, you know, a financial advisor at a bank or your other mm-hmm. teammate is playing professional sports. And here you are struggling mm-hmm. to find a job, right. uh, struggling to find where you're going. Um, and so you see the success of other people is in your face and you might not know how to deal with that. And that leads to what I think, where I think college support or just athlete support in general is going is supporting the whole athlete. Um, hmm. When I was in college, I graduated uh, 13 years ago. We, we had weight room support and we had football support and we had just started getting like nutritional support. Hmm. Uh, but now at USD, we have a nutritionist, we have a sports psychologist, huh. uh, we have access to mental health professionals. And I think that's hmm. where, where we're going um, yeah. that is, you know, developing the whole student. Let's get them career development. Let's do leadership development. And this is exactly where U school is going. And this is yeah. why I like U school so much. Right. <laughs> uh, and then let's talk about mental health. There's no reason to be right. ashamed of it. If you're struggling, right. let's talk about it. Kevin Love, uh, let's do it. Exactly. So at, at that point, uh, when you're in transition, you've, you've heard these things, you've discussed these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have even met with the professional about these different yeah. things. And so you don't ever feel, hopefully you don't feel lost. And, if you or behind or behind Lost. exactly um and with social media and all that instead of at, having things piling on left and right mm. you might have the skills to cope with those things to better mm-hmm. uh yourself and you know keep yourself from from digging digging a hole but being able to to move forward instead what's what do you think is driving that that kind of pendulum swing towards whole athlete development. Is it, is it NCAA? Is it title nine? Is it, is it just the way? Definitely not NCAA. (laughs) Uh, uh, I think it's, well, I think it's a few things. One, the demands of a student athlete are more now than ever before. Um, You know, there used to be off seasons. There used to be downtime that doesn't exist Hmm. Um, to the, the visibility of student athletes. So, um, we see, you know, what athletes go through. We hear about it. They get, you know, they're, they're present in, in the media. Um, you know, the NCAA did, uh, didn't allow a certain amount of meals until uh, a UConn basketball player came out and said, I, was, I went to bed hungry the night before a game because I couldn't get enough food. So the NCAA changed the rules, and you okay. can give them as much food as they want. Um, so that, that presence is – so we're asking so much from these athletes. We're putting them on TV. You know, they're dedicating their lives to representing our school. We need to do a better job of dedicating our lives 
to making sure that they can transition after college. And, uh, and I think that's what's driving it. It's such, it's such a big business and we're asking so much from our athletes. The least we can do is help them prepare for what's next. What do you hope, at least from your vantage point at USD, what do you hope you hear from former student athletes two, three, four, five years after graduation? Oh, wow. Uh, what do I hope to hear? So I am entering my fourth full year there. So the freshmen, my first class of freshmen will be graduating in May. Hmm. Um, and it's fun to see that growth. But yeah. afterwards, I, I want them to not be lost. And I've had a couple students that I worked with for a year or two, and I see them on Twitter talk, you know, complaining about their job, complaining about not having a job, or, mm. um, you know, complaining, complaining about uh, one student said, they told me all through college, I just get this degree and I'll be fine. Uh, and I'm not fine. And so things like that hmm. hurt me. So, I mean, not personally attack me, but it's just that, you know, I could do a better job of helping them. So it's kind of, I don't want to hear those things. I want yeah. to, um, you know, I love my job. Hmm. I love the career I'm in and I, and I got it through my experience at USD. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to, to kind of, show the opposite of those tweets that I saw. I've gotten a few thank you letters where it says, you know, I really appreciate the energy you put into the career fair. I met my current boss and I love my job. Mm. Um, and that's what I love to hear. That's cool. So someone to, to leave and say that the resource that was provided by USD, which yeah. we spend a lot of time and energy on helped me make that transition, helped me enjoy the life that I'm living now. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. That's cool. So you, you've got three girls, you've got the house on the hill with the garage, you've got the job <laughs> got my garage, at a great school where and you, don't, you don't have to reveal any like Greg Inc. secrets here, but where is this your thing? Is this your thing helping, helping college athletes? Is this, is this where you think yeah. you're headed? Um, so, you know, people always ask, you know, what's, what's next or where yeah. do you want to go with this career? And the answer is I don't really know. Um, mm -hmm. So most people would you think that you're while working in athletic department, you are on the trajectory to become an athletic director. Okay. Um, I don't think that's the answer for me. It's mm. uh, there's a lot of that is in, is raising money. It's about business. Mm -hmm. It's about sponsorships. Right. Um, and I am not a business guy. That is yeah. that is not a talent I have. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, when I first started this career, I would think to myself, I was thinking. You know, let I want to be an advisor while I still feel like I'm on the younger side, uh -huh. uh, while I'm not too far from a professional career, because sometimes that gives me credibility with athletes. Yeah. He did it. Why, you know, yeah. let me listen to him. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm learning is that's not necessarily what can make one successful at, at my job, mm -hmm. uh, especially because as of this year, I will be double the age of the freshmen that are coming. <laughs> so I'm losing that, that age connection. Um, but what I think it is, is just, I have a genuine desire to be part of these students' journeys and try to help, help them along the way. And I think that's more important than having been, uh, than being close in years to my student athlete experience. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt that I can say, you know, I, I, I 
got good grades as an engineer and a football player. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have a few things that worked. Let me show them to you. Right. Um, but you know, I feel as though I am good at my job because I like it. I like interacting with the students. I like being mm-hmm. part of their journey. I like being able to help in any, any way that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see that going away. So I don't yeah. know what, what the, the future holds, but uh, for now, I, I like my job a lot. That's cool. That seems to be working out for you so far, not necessarily having a long-term plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always said I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Yeah. I think for the right people, that works. If someone says I'll cross that bridge when I get there and then it's going to mm-hmm. be lazy for the next couple of years, that's right. not a good plan. Yeah. But for someone that's willing to work at what they're doing, Right. Um, you don't need to stress on the future. Put everything you got into what you got going on now. Yeah. Uh, work hard. Do do a good job at whatever you're doing, and yeah. the, the path will figure itself out. Well, I'm excited to see you back Sunday nights in the fall. All and, right. Uh, final question. And by the way, thanks for this. Thanks for this conversation. Thanks hey, too for my alma mater. Although my interaction with sports was predominantly in intramural sports, co-ed volleyball, that works. Uh, ultimate Frisbee. Um, but thank you for, for serving USD students. Hey, my my pleasure. What, um, so last question, what's, uh, who's your Super Bowl pick for this upcoming oh, season? Wow. What do you, what do you got? What's, what's on your mind? Oh, this is tough. You think Brady's got one more? Oh God, I hate Brady so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the negativity. Um, <laughs> I have a true disdain for Brady. I respect him for being possibly the so greatest handsome. football player ever. He's so <laughs> handsome. I mean, I can even, come on, the guy's winning at life, but it doesn't mean I can't, I can't share against him. Um, you know what? I'm really interested to see how the Rams do. They had an exciting season last year, have added some yeah, good off season too. strong players, but strong personalities and have a mm-hmm. coach that's younger than me. That'll be fun to see. <laughs> uh, and then I grew up a 49er fan and they have, Okay. Don't get up for, for a while. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're going to uh, such, so pendulating. That yeah, team. and they got a new quarterback and some yep. new talent. And uh, they got a San Diego Stanford guy as their GM. Hey. Um, and so I, I could cheer for them. All and, right. You know, at San Diego, man, we don't have a team. So That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's we <laughs> well, I can't wait for the day this semester. And I want you to make sure you call me, send me a text. When you talk to a freshman, and they express surprise that you were born in the 1900s. Is there, oh, yeah. they're the first, they're, they're the first, wow. they're the first one. Wow. Whoa. You were alive in the 1900s. <laughs> like? Did you ride a horse to school? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're getting better with age, Greg. So thanks. Thanks again for being a friend of you school. Uh, we'll see you on campus. I hope. And definitely on TV on Sunday nights. All right. I appreciate it, Mr. Chief guy. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. We got one more week talking about picking a fight. And uh, one of these days we might actually just like film a fight to <laughs> illustrate what it's like to come alive. Um, but stay tuned next week. We got another great episode coming to you with, uh, with the veteran. So thanks for listening and see you soon. Thank you for tuning into the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? 
The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.